You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. And that sound, you know what that means. It's time for our Straight Talk segment as Father Jason Leffer and I, Father James Gross, are here with you for this uh, segment to answer the questions that you may have about uh, whatever is coming to mind regarding the, f- the beautiful Catholic faith that we practice. 877-795-0122 is that toll-free number. You can also leave your questions on Facebook. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you, and we especially like to be able to visit with you directly. So we do invite you to call in. And uh, Father Leffer, we were talking about a number of different uh, things that are are coming up. And uh, if you want to just go ahead and get us started here with something you have on on your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the first one is like we're celebrating Catholic Schools Week, right? Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. Now, I'm looking at both of us. We we were products of public education. Right. Napoleon did have a Catholic school which closed before I was born. So my oldest cousins had gone there. Okay. <laughs> and then for myself, too, Leffer had, it was the the Benedictine sisters out of Crookston came all the way to Leffer and it was a Catholic school, but it closed. My sister had one year of it before it okay. closed as well. But I, I had the privilege of going to like a three-room country schoolhouse. Ah. Myself. So I had, I had like the little house in Prairie experience. And, and it, it was great because because uh, we were, all the kids were Catholic. I was just going to say, we, probably. We, <laughs> we were all Catholic. Now, our teachers, they came from all over the United States. It's kind of cool. It was like a mission. You know, I mean, I think they were all young. They were dynamic. They were like yeah. on this mission. But we would do things literally like we would take field trips to Chicago. Wow. Take field trips to Yellowstone. So we, I kind of got the best of all worlds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I say that. So in a certain way, it still had a, a Catholic flavor. Like they would let us go across the street to the church to go. We'd go do faith formation in there because yeah. our whole community was Catholic. Right. Right. So, um, so in a certain way, it still had the yeah. Catholic flavor. I'm sure grace before meals, before lunch, or things like that. Well, exactly, you know? exactly. Even though it was technically a, a public school. So, mm-hmm. but I thought, you know, you and I could both. Ref- well, first of all, we want to encourage people to call in and share their stories of Catholic education and how the Catholic education has affected them or whatever. So right. w- one of the things I thought maybe we could each share a story or two ourselves what we've witnessed or seen. So w- one of the h- here's one way that I see like. Um, I'm really immersed, like in in the Catholic homeschooling movement. I have so many of my parishioners and past parishioners and things, and it just and I'm with the Bethlehem community, and they're promoters of children's books that go out. And but my own uh, brother and his wife, they're they're homeschooling. But what they do, they they actually homeschool, but then they work in conjunction with the local Catholic school, where they they actually support all the programs. They're they're involved there. They take part in the sports. So there's kind of like this cooperative effort, you know, where um, they help to fundraise for. The, the Catholic school. So, I, I just I just want to you know put a word out there about how there are these different mm-hmm. examples of Catholic education, and I just w- what I admire are like, like Dave and Carrie who are just here. Mm-hmm. Like and you, you can see the sacrifices they've made to make sure that the Catholic school is thriving, but. What I admire is the parents. The parent. It doesn't matter what form it takes. If it's Catholic education, Catholic homeschool, whatever, the sacrifice that is behind it, the conviction that they have that. We want our children to be saints. 
and we're going to make whatever sacrifice is necessary to make sure that they, as Dave said so beautifully, shouldn't the whole world be like this? It, mm-hmm. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. We want mm-hmm. the whole world to be Christian. We want the whole world to cooperate with this. We want, we want the good news to go out. And so I guess the thing that inspires me is when I encounter those parents and I see the sacrifices they're making to make sure that their children are there. And then you encounter the fruit in the children. And I, I always come, there's like an openness in the kids. There's like this openness in the kids. They have this, this security that yeah. their education they're receiving is, they're confident. They're, they're, they're not afraid. Like I, you know, kind of when I went to major seminary, we went at a time where I was called the hermeneutic of suspicion. You had to be, you kind of had to take what you're receiving through a filter to make, now what's truly Catholic and what isn't? You have to work really hard at kind of making sure that what you're receiving really is of the Catholic faith. But nowadays, I encounter these kids, they, they don't have anything, any suspicion in them at all. They're just like, I'm open, I'm a sponge, teach me, I, I, I trust what you're, what you're saying is true and good, and help me mm-hmm. be a good Christian. Yep, Dr. Janet Smith had a recent uh, editorial in National Catholic Register in which she was talking about the um, convictions of a lot of her students today that uh, are... Um, more muscular, you might say, in terms of their defense of the faith, as opposed to some of those a generation ago. And whereas there may be additional problems with the culture today that hadn't been in place back then, there are students who are rising to the challenge. I also think about, and, and this isn't going to be profound by any means, but you know, just the, the the opportunity to relate to children within the Catholic school in such a meaningful way and these informal ways and some of the things that happen. There was a, a, a time a few years ago, I won't mention the school, but I was in a second grade classroom, and as I came in, kids were walking around doing sorts of things, and this one uh, blonde-haired girl came running up to me, and she said, my dad is fat. Uh, kind of like you, but bigger. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and then just came, went running away. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Run along now. <laughs> but, but you're, you're testing uh, the, in, the innocence. Of yeah, the, and, and just entrusting herself to me, you know, to, to say something like that and, and stuff it, like it, that. It's a testimony of the safety, like the, the security. Like, it, you, yeah. there's freedom to be who you are, and, and there's no condemnation in that. I mean, I, I yeah. hear that. That's a beautiful story, Father Gross. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it truly is. Well, here, I want to make another connection that, that really quickly for the, the two of us. Uh, but before you do that, Father Leffer, I'd just like to mention, we did have someone on the line who wanted to talk about their experience at uh, De La Salle Academy down the Twin Cities. It was Mark from Cass Lake. Uh, his call dropped, so please call back. We'd love to be able to listen to you and have you on the air. 877-795-0122 is that number. So here, here would be, like, one of the goals of Catholic education, right, is that our children grow up to be good Christians and good saints, but a natural extension of the Catholic education is for us is seminary. That's where you and I met, even though we were both publicly educated. Right. But we truly we had those two years of pre theology. Well, it was pre thee for me, but you were for the, the year of college normal. class. Yep. yep. And but we two years together where we were basically in the same classes together doing it. But we had this environment with with other um, Catholic guys, and we were all interested. And learning and knowing and growing and it's, and it's two of the greatest years of my life and I I'm bringing this up to say like you know so for those young people who are going through and I always tell us you know hey guys you like I, I I'm jealous of the Mormons they you know they always give two years of their life to go on mission to be immersed in their faith and they go out and they they proclaim their doctrine knocking on knocking doors on doors and and I you know for us it should be like hey every every young Catholic guy should spend two years in a pre program somewhere really not just discerning priesthood but their 
call to vocation of marriage or to the exactly. consecrated celibate life or, yeah. or what have you and that that catholic formation mm-hmm. to really go out and be this light in the darkness indeed and i'm glad to say that we do have mark back on the line calling us from cass lake uh, east of bemidji welcome to real presence live Good morning. How are you boys doing? <laughs> we are hanging in there. We appreciate you calling us boys because that's that's who we really are. <laughs> so uh, share with us your your, uh, your story, if you would. Well, I'm 81 years old, and I'm uh, kind of a historian. I have a 100% Catholic education. I've never been in an institution of higher learning that's full of communist profs trying to... Uh, uh, speak against the church and against democracy and all that stuff. So I'm I'm above and beyond that. But as a young man, I was educated by the uh, St. Joseph Sisters in Southwest Minneapolis mm-hmm. at Christ the King School, and we were all in the choir. We loved our mat- Latin mass. Every Protestant in the neighborhood was part of the parish. Went to the bazaars. Respected the church. Um, it's just, uh, it's such a turnaround for me. Everything I'm seeing and everything I'm watching, I got, uh, <clears throat> I got into listening to Mother Angelica about 30 years ago and she saved my life. And, um, the Catholic, I'm just, sometimes I sit back and wonder, do people actually realize the influence of this huge Catholic school system was in the 1960s? on the influence of the development and morality of this country, the United States. I mean, it's mind-boggling, and now it is mostly lost. Sure, there's some Catholic schools around, but they're kind of wishy-washy. I sent my son through one where he he never learned really anything Catholic. They never even taught prayers. There were no nuns. There there were all very good kids. All these kids remain uh, good friends. But none of them go to Mass. And I'll tell you what happened to the Mass. And I was 25 years old. I was driving over the road for international transport. And I stayed overnight with my folks one night, and Saturday night, in Richfield, Minnesota. And I went to Mass the next morning at St. Richard's. And there was a priest in a silly-looking white smock. And there was a skinny kid with a guitar. And my whole world had been destroyed. I mean, I knew then at the age of 25 that there was a big mistake made. And it wasn't Vatican II. It was misinterpretations, massive misinterpretations, and the hijacking of Vatican II by the German and Dutch bishops, which are leading, the German bishops are leading today with this insanity of giving people living in sin Holy Communion. And the only thing that's going to save the church is going back, back to the traditional Latin Mass, back to respect for Holy Communion, fast from midnight. That That's one of the first things, was the fast from midnight was moved up to one hour, and that is a lack of reverence in the Holy Eucharist. Mother Teresa was asked one time, Mother, at a at a meeting or at a talk somewhere, and they said, what is the most important issue today in the church? And you'd think she'd say abortion, right? She said that uh, <coughs> communion in the hand, period, that was it. 
it's disrespect. And as the numbers are still, believe me, they're going down in most every parish except the parishes. We always have to, uh, yeah, that's right, Mark. We always have to pray and work for a continued reform. You know, Mark, I can, um, you know, I I really appreciate uh, everything that you're expressing here this morning. And I I can hear just, you know, even there's some pain that's coming out in your story of, of what your experience here in life and I you know there's there's many Catholics I've encountered who they share similar expressions and, and stories to me as well I, I remember this one day I was just a little boy my grandma you know came into the church and she came up to father the priest who's there and spoke to him and said you know what happened to this or that and, and I always remember like he, he didn't give a sufficient answer to her and I was even I was just a little child and impressionable at that point and but it, it did trigger in me a desire what does our faith mean what what is it about and mm-hmm. and it always put me in like let, let's dig deeper here let, let's what's what's really uh, what's really going on behind it and I think for all of us as, as Catholics who are out there we we owe it to ourselves and others to not not just educate our children but you know ourselves to to understand our faith yeah. and to grow and and, and to learn and and I think, Mark, I just really want to thank you for your phone call here this morning. And it kind of, it kind of leapfrogs then into a, another person who has written in here by uh, text, and they, uh, they, they would like to know what they heard that there's a new baptismal rite that's coming mm-hmm. out here. Okay, and so in starting February, I think it's like the first week of February or something like that. And before you dive into that, thanks again, Mark, for calling and for listening. Our number is 877-795-0122. And yes, there's a new rite of baptism for children. The, and I think we were obligated now as priests starting in February here. Last time I was at Hurley's, they didn't have the books yet. So I think here in the next week, we, we, need, <laughs> we need to get a copy of it. And they're, they're asking, well, well, what's different? What's what's changed in the baptism rite? What's going on? Well, actually, this was still when uh, Pope Benedict was the, it was one of the last things that he did before he uh, retired. He retired, yeah. And it, it was, so it's put in the pipeline at that point. Come through. So if, if people remember back in uh, 2010, then officially 2011, there's a new edition of the English speaking. Um, Roman Missal. And if you think about the at Easter time, right, the, so the litany of saints was changed, the, um, the, the formula for blessing the water was changed, different things. And then if, so for we priests, it was strange because you would do the, the Easter vigil and then you look at the baptismal right and they're very different than at that point. And so a lot of this is getting it caught up with the mm-hmm. changes that happen that are in the Roman Missal now. No. So the baptismal right matches and so forth. And there, there, there's some just like little things that changes like the, the greeting at the door when you when you greet the the children it it's now instead of the christian community it says specifically the the church of mm-hmm. god which is interesting so it, it's tuning us into that language to say well what yeah. what's the difference between a christian community and church of god and and um uh, things like that and then it, it also it just there's a lot of technical stuff for the priests and they're telling you know yeah. how you do the right and you do this and that and, and right. there's some basic word changes right there there is a process with regard to a lot of liturgical texts and some things are still coming uh, the liturgy of the hour for priests and religious uh, would be at some point down the road. The order of Christian funerals, I'm sure, is going to be uh, updated. Uh, we had the order of holy matrimony updated about a year or two ago, so there's just an unfolding. And while we may wish that it was all um, you know, simultaneous, the, the church is not doing it quite that way. You know, one of the books that I hope and pray um, does is, is the Book of Blessings. Yes. And if you remember, Monsignor Lollaberti, all the way back when we were in, still in seminary, mm-hmm. so this is over tw- like 26 years ago, um, he 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 he's the one who showed me and he would compare and contrast the the blessings in that book and compared to the old blessings where yeah. and and it's it's sorely lacking in right. in like basically 
with the word of Christ telling evil or Satan to go away or to cast out evil and then actually placing a specific blessing on that item or so. So yeah. hopefully, I pray all the time, please, Lord, let this one get in that pipeline and right. hopefully they'll they'll renew that one. Yeah, too. yeah. It, it's so nebulous. It's like, you know, you're not actually blessing something and, it, you know, it, 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 it becomes not as user-friendly as, as one would wish it is. We do have a question that was submitted on Facebook and thank you, Lorraine, for uh, typing this in and bringing it to us. She asks us, does the Catholic Church have any programs for unmarried couples who have lived together and separated to heal and learn from, similar to beginning experience? And and I'd like to hear from you particularly, Father Leffer, about this with um, you've... Uh, because of the context of the assignments that you've been in, you've worked with, I think, a larger volume of engaged couples, especially early in your priesthood than, than I had. And a great number of them, unfortunately, have come to you, you know, with the same address and having been cohabiting and, and things like that. So in, in, in yeah. the ways that you work with them. Absolutely. So uh, right now, I mean, I'm speaking specifically for the Diocese of Fargo, and I know we have many listeners beyond that area, but so, so much of the marriage is so much geographically related because the particular bishop has a authority over how mm-hmm. that those programs go and so forth. And and I can speak specifically to the Grand Forks area, because this is where I've been a, a lot. And, and it goes all the way back to like 1998, uh, Father Dan Hodel and Father McDermott, when they were newly assigned here, uh, the marriage prep program needed a little little help and they kind of got in there. I came in the next year. We worked together and, and um, Kathy Call, who she's been a part of it ever since then, man, she is she's like a mama bear over that thing, but developed this incredible program where it really it, it addresses the needs, the spiritual needs, the emotional needs, the communication needs, the psychological, the financial needs, the raising of children, and, mm-hmm. and all that. Now, um, so generically, the number one thing that can address this question, those who are unmarried, who have lived together but separated, are healing from that. What, no, if, if, if you're working with a priest who, who really is tuned into this, he, he is going to walk with you and help you through healing. I mean, that if you develop a relationship with a priest, I'd say that's like a, the number one mm-hmm. thing that could, and the sacrament of confession, especially if, yeah. if you really take part in that. Yeah, that would have to be one of the very clear goals within it, that process. Exactly. So there, and then, then we do have some really good Christian counselors in the, in the Diocese of Fargo, and, and that, that's uh, available on the Diocese the Fargo website you can get that information or you can go Father Gross or myself we'll, we'll direct you that way the Catholic charities of the various dioceses and states a- absolutely and then um, so then within the, the pre-marriage process itself I mean th- this this is where you'll that you'll really be in- encouraged there but it looks like what Lorraine is really asking is for a person who's not engaged to be married uh-huh. but just who who want realizes they need healing before they they prepare um that I, I don't know of a specific program to yeah. say that you can say, hey, I can go sign up for these sessions, but I, I could individually direct a person to their, their specific needs depending on what it is, mm-hmm. that the, the particular wound that they're they're struggling with or that, right. but to basically restore them to a new beginning. A priest or a permanent deacon, you know, could definitely work with a couple or an individual in, in stating some of the goals that can help them get there, definitely. So the number that we uh, have for you to call is 877-795-0122, and you can also leave questions on, on our Facebook page for Real Presence Radio. Uh, looking ahead here, this coming weekend, um, and uh, the hosts might talk about this a little tomorrow, but I thought it would be appropriate 
appropriate to mention it because once every six years, I suppose, whatever it is, when a day like February 2nd uh, lands on a Sunday, it supersedes that Sunday of ordinary time. And unfortunately, a lot of people think of February 2nd primarily as Groundhog Day, you know, when uh, in a town in Pennsylvania, men in tuxedos and top hats drag an obese rodent out of its <laughs> hole, you know, and Pucks things like that. Phil. Yes, yes, that's his name. And, uh, you know, either there's no more winter or six more weeks, and, you know, living in a place like this, we say, six more weeks, that would be the good news, you know, because it's probably going to be eight or ten or twelve more weeks of winter. But um, the presentation of the Lord Jesus, it it gets uh, a little bit more... Um, attention because it lands on a Sunday. Okay, so this 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 thing is rich. This thing's loaded, Father Gross. We could, I mean, there's so many levels. First, Hang on to your hats, first, folks. First, let's let's do this. Let's make the connection. There is a connection between the groundhog and Christ. And actually, the Groundhog Day comes from this feast day, Candlemas. It's traditionally 40 days after Christmas Day. And if you remember the gospel from last Sunday, it was the light comes into the darkness out of the valley of death. He's he's the light in the darkness. And and think about those who live in the valley shadows, Mm -hmm. light comes. Now, 40 days ago, Father Gross, what happened? The birth of Jesus. Birth of Jesus. Do you know 40 days from now what it's going to be? Um, let me see. Uh, Feast of uh, the Annunciation? Okay, no, wait I'm, a minute. I'm looking for secular. It's oh, I see. Spring. Oh, okay. The vernal equinox. Exactly. So we're actually 40 days from winter, and we're 40 days before Easter. We're right the halfway, the halfway point, point of the point. season. Okay. okay. Now, there if, you, you go. if you do the math, you get six weeks on this side and six weeks on that side, which is 40 days. And oftentimes Lent comes right about now. It, it starts. Okay, so this this feast of of the presentation and and there's two things: the purification of Mary and the feast of the presentation. So, forty days after birth, okay, the 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 woman would come up to the temple and there's this purification, right? And a lot of people think in the modern day, oh, this is sexist or chauvinistic, or I'm like, just hold your hold on, hold on your horses. Let's actually look at the religious meaning. What's happening here for the Jews? The the blood. Blood is it's considered equal to the Holy Spirit, the life of God in you. They see it as sacred. If if you if you shed blood, that's kind of like spilling God in the ground. And so you are considered ritually impure, and you can't go in the temple until you go through this baptismal type rite and a, and a blessing before you can go back in. So a woman, it takes forty days because it's the laying in period where Trishan she would be healed and so forth from giving birth. Then she's coming up to present her son before that happens. She would go through the with the holy women, go down through the baptismal type rite purification, and now it's saying like she and God are one now that that they've been for the spilling of the blood. Now we're we're purified, and now we can come into the temple. It'd be the same thing for a man if he was to cut himself and spill blood. He would have to go through. A, purification right as well okay so so it's their concept of the sacredness of life the principle of life of god in you then they come and it talks about the firstborn must be redeemed or bought back this goes all the way back to passover if you remember yes okay Mm -hmm. the mosaic law right and so the first one who opens the womb is to be dedicated to god well if if you're not going (laughs) to slaughter him on the altar or sacrifice him to God or put him in the temple or whatever, well, then you have to redeem him. So so if you were wealthy, you could afford a, a bullock or a, a he-goat, but if you can't, if you're poor, a couple coins for some turtle doves, and you would offer those those turtle doves, right? Mm-hmm. And so Joseph takes Mary and, 
and she goes to the purification rite. She comes back up. He gets a couple chair loaves. They walk up to the temple. As they're coming in, this old man, Simeon, is there, right? And, and the, the Holy Spirit has said to him, you shall not die until you see the anointed one of God, the Messiah. Holy Spirit taps him and says, here's the one. He goes over, grabs the baby, and says, now, Master, may let your servant go in peace. My, my eyes have seen the salvation which you prepared in the sight of the whole world for the, right. for the Gentiles, those who are non-Jewish, yes. and the glory of Israel. Yes, this is a canticle. This is a canticle that we get to know well, this passage, the canticle of Simeon, which is implemented into night prayer, part of the divine office that we're supposed to pray every night before we retire. And there is an option that that you can say it as a closing for adoration, which a lot of priests don't realize that, and it's so perfect, you know, because you're looking at the face of Christ in the Eucharist, and here you are, you can proclaim that canticle, okay? Then he goes on to say, and this is what's so powerful, this one is a sign of contradiction, meaning, and you can think of it, he's going to be offered, he, he is the high priest, he is the victim, he's coming to the temple for the very first time, and we think of the crucifix, that's the sign of contradiction, means the, everybody in the world, lowly and elevated, are going to be judged, whether you're Christian or not, by this sign, which is the Son of God crucified. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, if, if you look up there, do you see a God who loves you? Or do you see foolishness? Or do you see right. um, defeat rather defeat, than victory? Right? And so each one of us, is, we have, we're going to be judged by this thing, this sign. And we're either going to agree with it or disagree with it. Right. And he, he's saying, so here's the judgment of the world has happened. And then he turns to Mary and says, and your own soul shall be pierced by this suffering. In other words, she's going to share side by side with her son mm-hmm. through this passion for the whole world. Right. And, uh, you know, when we look at the the prophecy that Simeon issues, how he talks about the turmoil that will be involved with the uh, ministry and the mission of Jesus, that he will be the cause of the rise and the downfall of many, you know, a sign to be contradicted. And then one last real practical thing, let's make this all practical for every Catholic who's out there, is um, this is the day, bring your candles, bring any candles that you have, there's going to be a special blessing for the candles prior to Mass starting this Sunday, the priest is going to bless them. I I can't encourage um, Catholics enough to have sacramentals in your homes. You want you want holy water. You want blessed candles. You want crucifixes on the walls. The and, and the point being here that traditionally this is the this is the Christ candle for you. It's blessed on 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 this day on Sunday. You take that and it and it wards off evil or it's it's the light in the darkness. If if a storm comes, you no, know, mm-hmm. mom would always pull those candles out and light them. Come on, kids, let's let's pray here that that God mm-hmm. protects us. It reminds us that Christ he, he has authority over all evil, all wickedness, and and and, and like if you do a traditional family rose, you maybe once a week or something, well, bring that candle out, you light it, you gather around, Christ is in our presence here as we pray yep. as a family, or for if somebody dies or somebody is sick. So these, mm-hmm. these sacramentals which are associated with the sacrifice of the Mass, so very important for our Catholic identity, for our Christian culture out there. Yep. So please, bring your candles, and if not, talk to Father and say, Father, could I get one of those candles that was blessed like take home? For example, one thing that we're going to be doing, we're going to be blessing an assortment of the different kinds of candles that are used, and we're also going to have available as part of that display some used candles, uh, not like just very small fragments or nubs, but some used candles of different kinds that we will encourage people to take home with them. And another really fun thing. So if we just bless those candles, Father Gross, what do we need to do? What's the next day, February 3rd? 
Who's the feast day? St. Blaise, Bishop, and Martyr. And what do we do? We take those new blessed candles, and we go, and we, we give that sacramental blessing. Right, to, to and people. a lot of parishes will be offering an individual blessing of throats to those who wish to receive it this coming weekend, because February 3rd happens to be Monday, uh, just following the weekend of the uh, Memorial of St. Blaise, uh, a bishop of uh, what is now Turkey in, I believe, either the 3rd or the 4th, probably the 3rd century, because he would have died as a result of uh, persecution. And uh, I believe the story goes that while he was being detained in prison, a woman had a young son who was choking on a fishbone, and she brought him to uh, she she brought she brought her son to Blaze, who prayed, and uh, the bone was dislodged, and he was saved. You know, it, it's moments like this. And I say this all the time. I love being Catholic. I love being Catholic. We have we. It's like we have all the toys, and it just and we have this toy box full of these toys. And I just I want everybody to know about them. Like, I mean, you're not obligated. You don't have to, whatever. But why not share in the riches, share in the glory? It's so mm-hmm. fun being Catholic and these yeah. things. And, okay, think about this. If, can you relate to this? When I was a child, you didn't, you, if you, before you received First Communion, you did not go up to the altar. At that time, it was communion rail. You didn't, you didn't go up. You always stayed back in the pew. Mm-hmm. And I was the youngest. I was the baby. So I watched everybody else go up, and I couldn't go up. But there's two times I got to go up. Mm-hmm. every year for the St. Blaise blessing and for Ash Ash Wednesday yes. and I tell you as a child that was br- and, it, and it created mm-hmm. this deep longing desire in me I want to be a part of what's going on I want to be part of this what is it and and so that's why I say these these sacramental like, there should be a procession this Sunday that after these candles lit we're going to we're going to bless them and everybody who comes they'll get a candle we will process in children remember this stuff you know I worked with the little kids at Faith Formation last night with this and, and we, we did this procession in then to adoration and did the whole explanation and the teaching. One, one of the young uh, ladies, she came up to me afterwards and she was in tears. And she just said, she said, Father, this is so powerful. I just, I couldn't help but cry. And she said, I don't even know why I was crying. And I said, it was the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. This is, he's, he's touching, he's drawing into that deep mystery. And so whether we're young ch- children or like Mark, who is 81, it doesn't matter what age we are, Father Gross. These, mm-hmm. God wants to communicate with us, speak to us through these, these sacramentals, through these rites, these rituals. We're, we're organic people. We're, you know, God became man and took on the physical body. And we're just so blessed, so lucky to have all these things. Our incarnational faith and how God is using the, the things around us, not only with the material elements of the sacraments, but sacramentals in order to engage and to transform the world around us. Well, that takes care of another segment of Straight Talk. We're grateful for those who have participated. Remember that number, 877 795 We do this segment uh, pretty much every time, that every day for uh, Real Presence Live, and uh, we're grateful for your input. So uh, up next... As we are about to begin the second hour, a higher education prep with a higher purpose, union with God. And later in the show, they have a combined teaching experience of 75 years. I don't know how happy these uh, <laughs> teachers are that we're using that statistic, but uh, I think they take it in stride. We're going to really enjoy this, that conversation about how two Catholic school teachers find great joy in what they do, a joy that keeps them coming back year after year. We're coming to you from uh, our studios here in Grand Forks, Father Jason Leffer and Father James Gross from the Diocese of Fargo. One more hour of Real Presence Live is on the way. Please stay with us. 